You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. I'm glad to get back to normal. I'm glad that after the holidays now, it's me and you back at the bar, sitting here at my nine-foot homemade oak bar in my basement on the south side of Chicago, and uh, talking some White Sox. My, my buddy Dave, who I've known my entire life, living across the street from me over on 80th and Spalding, and I'm glad we're back to, out of the holidays, able to talk about the Sox, because Major League Baseball's woken back up again. Oh, yeah, right. And that's, that's, that's it, the it, best part. It usually shuts down for the holidays and then... Unless you get, like, the surprising signing. Everybody just now just takes the holidays off. It right. used to be, like, winter meetings were big, and you get a holiday signing. But this is the new era of the offseason in baseball. It used to be that guys were just getting bigger and bigger contracts, and you see these early signings because it was like, how quick can I get a guy before somebody else gets him? But last year's offseason changed everything. Because as much as players, I mean, some players will admit it, but not everybody wants to admit it, there's almost like a cap in Major League Baseball now. It's not, it's not a set cap or anything like that, but when you take the luxury tax and it tells these teams, these big spenders, like the Dodgers and the Yankees and, you know, Red Sox and whatever, if you go over this, it's going to cost you. It's going to be harder for you to financially and fiscally be responsible and still get big-name talent on the line if you... If you, if you pigeonhole yourself into a guy for big years and big money, and then you have a third of baseball every year not even trying because they're rebuilding, because the metrics now say that's the best thing to do, there's not enough room for all these players. Just a quick question. How long has the luxury tax been a thing? Because it's been in the NBA You're going to make me look time. stuff up? You really? Well, I don't know. I mean, you could. I, 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 I wasn't going to do that today. I got to look stuff up today. Sorry. Luxury tax went away, was around for a little bit, went away, came back in 2002. Okay. But that's the system that they established. What they do, though, is every time they do a new CBA, a new collective bargaining agreement, they set a threshold for teams that basically says, this is how far you can get, and then this is how much it's going to cost you. See what I'm saying? That's the simplest way I can put it. Right. If you go over the threshold. And, so the, and what- one that, the one that is affecting all these players right now is how they set it up in the 2016 CBA. Right. The threshold that was set in that one runs through the 2021 season. Okay? Okay. Let's table this for a second because I think this was the perfect way to start things off, but this gets me to what is going on with the White Sox. What we have, just to recap, and we're going to get into what they've done this week. I want to talk about what the bullpen looks like now after you go and you get Kelvin Herrera because I'm very excited about what the Sox are doing. It's good for a lot of reasons, and I think it's really going to test Ricky Renteria this year. Yes. And he's got nowhere to hide if he's bad at his bullpen now. But we're going to get into that. Okay. The big story, of course, is Machado Harper. Always has been, right. And, and, and we've, we've been trying not to get too into it because you don't want to sound like a broken record on the podcast. But I think if you go back and you look at all of our podcasts, we've been very consistent about what we've been saying. We've been ahead on a few things because you can sit there and you could try to put a square piece into a, into a round hole. And beat your head against the wall because you had this grand offseason plan and you're upset that it's not happening. But that was not what the White Sox offseason plan was. And we identified what the White Sox offseason plan was early on in this offseason based upon what they were saying and what they were doing. Right. The White Sox offseason plan is we're rebuilding another year. 
but we are willing to go after two generational talents that are out there in Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. That said, they've met with both players, and I think what they've run into is two very different situations with the players and the players' agents. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Dave, we've been interrupted. We had to stop the conversation literally right in the middle because the little guy came running down the stairs to tell me we had a delivery at the door. And I'm, I'm not even joking about this. Guy shows up at the door while we're sitting down here recording. And I was, I was like, ah, don't worry. I'm sure he'll leave the package at the door. And then he calls me on my phone. Right. So I, we stopped okay. what we were doing. Stop, we're doing. And, and, and I went up there and we have the promotional giveaways that we're giving away this Wednesday, the 16th at Open Outcry Brewing at 10934 Southwestern. Come on out next Wednesday, the 16th of January, 109th and Western, Open Outcry Brewing. Great beer, great food, great atmosphere, igloos on the roof that are heated that you can hang out on. I think you got to get reservations for that, but call them, see if you can get a reservation for, for Wednesday the 16th if you want to sit on the roof outside in, a, in like a heated igloo. I mean, it, it, I just think that's really cool. You can sit right on the rooftop there on Western Avenue and drink great craft beer. But we're going to be out there. There's going to be a live jazz band. We're going to be out there from 7 p.m. until at least 9, probably for a few hours later. But I'm guaranteeing 7 to 9. And if you come out during those hours, you're going to get the stuff that arrived here in the box. So let's let's open it up because I haven't even seen how it turned out. Okay? It's a major award. It's a major. It says uh, Fragile. Must be Italian. Chris is a kid on Christmas right now. You hear that? Quarters. No, they're not quarters. These are the new, very durable, oh, and really cool looking socks in the basement bottle opener keychains with the logo on them. They're black. They've got the socks in the basement logo on them. Oh, very cool. Oh, yeah. Little bottle opener keychains. Everybody loves those. A lot of them fall apart on you. I've ordered from these guys before for another podcast. Logo doesn't come off. It's metal. I mean, it's it's a it's on a piece of plastic and it's going to crack off. Keep that, Dave. Come on. I don't know why you're handing it back to me. You what get the you're on the show. You get the you get to have one of them. Okay. Heck, take well, more than one. Okay. It's fine with me. Okay. All right. Those will be out there. But that's not the big thing. The big thing is the other thing here in the box. They sent me a proof of it because it'll be here in time for the 16th when we go to Open Outcry Brewing, and these will be free. Oh wow. You know, I'm telling you, sometimes an idea comes together. I'm going to put that on my head right there. That is the Sacks in the Basement. Trucker cap. Very cool. It's an autograph hat. It autograph is just hat. in time for Socks Fest. It is specifically done so that the logo is not too big and leaves a lot of white space around it for you to collect autographs. The Socks in the Basement logo is stitched in. So this is not like some cheapy hat with like, you know, where, where like the film comes off no, the like thing in a couple of weeks. No, anything, it's not yeah. screen printed in any way. It's stitched. And then leaves a bunch of space on the hat. It's a black hat with a white front. It's got the socks in the basement logo in color on it. And it's got the two little the two little socks that we keep in the corner of it. It's really cool looking. And it leaves a lot of space for you to collect autographs around. You think you can put some autographs on that hat? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. What do you think? You think Looks you can put good. some autographs Looks on that good, hat? Man. That's really what good. we're going to be doing. You get the Socks in the Basement podcast autograph hat. You throw autographs on at Socks Fest. So consider it your pre-Socks Fest event. This Wednesday, the 16th, at Open Outcry Brewing, craft beer, great atmosphere, 
Uh, it's family friendly. If you want to bring the kids out, I, I've seen kids in there before. It's a restaurant atmosphere with a great craft beer being made right there on site by Open Outcry. They've got a jazz band playing. And of course, they've got socks in the basement, me and Dave, a bunch of mics, and you guys are welcome to come see us get this stuff for free from 7 to 9 on the 16th on Wednesday, the 16th at Open Outcry, 10934 Southwestern Avenue. And, you know, if you want to talk White Sox with us, we'll have extra mics. We nice. want to talk to the fans. I love talking to fans. So we're going to do it. Come on out to Open Outcry. It's going to be awesome. What do you think? Should I approve this hat? Should Looks I tell good. them? Should I tell them to ship the rest of them? Looks good. Man. I like it. All right, cool. You want the first one? Oh, uh, no, you get the take first one. Take the first one. You, you sure? Take you get, the, you take get the, the first, first one. one. Oh, my God. I throw it at him and he just lets it fall. Now it's on the ground, Dave. Hey, this is Acoustic Mike from Broadcast Basement. And you're listening to Socks in the Basement with Chris and his buddy Dave. I did the broadcast basement with Chris for 10 years and nobody gave me a show. I'd leave if I had anything else to do with my life. Remember, the broadcast basement is available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at broadcastbasement.com. Let's do Harper first. Okay. He's the simplest and not really important to what's going on this week with the White Sox. Bryce Harper's offered 10 years at $300 million. He's given by the Nationals, by the Nationals his home his home team, his or his team he's been with his entire career. Right. For the same reason that you were like, Paul Canerco will take a little less to stay with the White Sox because he loves his team. You don't know what his mindset is. But for him to turn it down, he expects not only equal that from another team, but more. But more and much greater. It can't be 10 years at 320. You see what I'm saying? Right. He would stay at home. 20 million means nothing at that point over 10 years. Like it would mean nothing. You'd, you'd be talking astronomical, massive difference for him to not want to just go back and play for his other team. So clearly the expectation that his agent gave him was turn this offer down. We're going to make so much more. You're huge. And he's not getting it. See the, the luxury tax, what teams are looking at and what teams are willing to spend and the years they're willing to commit are not what Scott Boris thought they were the genius of agents is caught right now he's advised his client to turn down an initial offer that has since been withdrawn right because i was going to ask that because i thought now that offer had been it had, had been had been they basically said that there, but then they pulled they basically it basically like, said in so many words that that offer isn't there anymore because we've made moves but we'd love to talk to him right and now they're talking heavily with the nationals and i think the conversation's going like Hey, you know, we still got that offer, right? No, we don't really have that offer. Well, of course. I mean, like, you know, I mean, you Bryce could go someplace else. You see, Boris right now has to keep that line of communication open with that team because his client's sitting there saying, well, why didn't I just stay with the team that I know? <clears throat> right. Because I don't think the money in the years are there. And you have well, all these teams that have talked to Bryce, but after hearing what the asking price is, you have no teams with any confirmed no. official offers to Bryce. No, not even the White Sox. No. And Scott Boris is going to hang on forever to try not to have egg on his face. So here's a guy that is not signing in the month of January. They're not offering him anything right now because the guy to make the offer to now is Machado, who we've already said, said that he wanted to make a deal and make a decision in the first couple of weeks of January. It's January 9th. And now the reports coming out today are, you should expect Machado to make a decision within the week. So there we are. First half of January. It's all coming together the way that we think it is. So what do we know about the Machado deal? We know that Manny Machado probably went out there and found out the same thing. It doesn't matter if the press says that he's a $400 million player. 
he's not getting a $400 million offer. Well, because, well, now this was kind of funny. Like, I don't know if you want to get into the whole, I don't know if you want to get into the whole Bruce Levine thing. I don't, because I don't, but, I don't want to give Bruce Levine any kind of, I mean, here, here's a guy who's a Cub fan who's covering the Sox as like a, a secondary position. And he's looking at everything through Cub lenses, right. and he can't understand why anybody wouldn't want to go to the White Sox when they could go to the Cubs. Well, and he, he, I, I'm just, I don't, right. I don't care what he has he's, to say. So, so, but, but the thing of it has, the thing of it has been there have only been a couple of teams that have even been really talked about as far as being able to come up with the kind of numbers that Machado is asking. So, the White Sox, the Phillies, the Yankees. Machado has met with all three of them. And we don't know what any of the offers have been, but the numbers that we have been hearing have been in the seven-year 200, 210 million yeah, range, but, but that's the which thing. is nowhere near what the national media or any of the experts or probably the agents are saying that these players are going to get. But now here, read between the lines on the things that we're, we're seeing. You're saying these three teams, and this is where the offers are, yeah. He has one official offer that has That's been from the White Sox. From right. the White Sox. And the reported offer was seven years in the two hundred to three hundred million dollar range, but closer to two hundred. Right. So let's there are some people who are like seven years, two hundred million. That's not what they're saying. Between two hundred million, three hundred million, okay. closer to two hundred. Okay, so I so misread let's it. Just say it's two hundred and twenty or two hundred and thirty over seven years. Sure. Okay. Sure. Let's say that the Sox are somewhere there. Meanwhile, you have two other organizations. You have the Phillies and you have the Yankees. So let's break this down real quick. You have the Yankees. You've met Yankee fans before, right? Yes, of course. I, I, I one of my best friends is a Yankee fan. Of course. Okay. And, and and you know, Yankee fans are pompous and think that they're the greatest thing in the entire world. Anytime I have a baseball conversation with my buddy Lewis from New York, he eventually gets to twenty-seven championships. It's our birthright. To go to the World Series, and oh, yeah. everybody wants to be a Yankee, and the Steinbrenners will always come through because they got the money. It's in every conversation about baseball I've ever had with them. Right? They, it, if you if you get them over a barrel, they fall back on that on those four points. They can't help themselves. It's how they were bred. It's how they were raised. It's how they feel. It's how their fan base is. Yes. So when I see their some of their main insiders. They're main fan bloggers. They're, they're, they're the New York Daily News, and they're all saying the same thing. The Yankees don't want to go over $200 million in seven years, okay? The Yankees are not willing to pigeonhole themselves into that much salary with Manny Machado. The Yankees are looking for the, the market for Machado to come back to them. The Yankees have not made an offer, and then you see the outrage from people that are close to the organization enough that they got little blue check marks next to their name right. and they and they run like fan blogs and 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 they're reporting on the team and and they're people that are around the organization and everything else like that i can't believe the yankees wouldn't offer this why aren't the yankees offering this money they're outraged by it because yeah. guess what there's they, smoke there's fire the yankees aren't going to match the white Sox offer right they're not and the best they'll do is match it they are not going to blow the White Sox out of the water. Now go to Philadelphia. You have the Philadelphia Phillies who are already reported to have to go back to the drawing board this week and come up with a better offer. So they're bested by the White Sox already. 
The verbal offer that they talked to Machado about is not good enough based upon the White Sox official offer. Because the Phillies have already made a bunch of moves in the offseason already. Right. And now the Phillies are already starting their spin machine. If you look at their people, if you go on their things on Twitter, if you look at their insiders, you know what the spin is for them? Why would we pigeonhole ourselves in on a guy like Machado or a guy like Harper when, when Mike Trout's coming available in two years? You already have columnists. I saw that. You already I have saw columnists that. For, in Philadelphia saying things like, Mike Sosha said he'd love to manage again. He would love to manage Mike Trout again. And Mike Trout's got two years left. Could you imagine if we had Sosha as the manager and Trout in two years? We don't want to lock up all this money when we can get Mike Trout. Mike Trout, Philadelphia's own Mike Trout. He's sitting in the front row of every Eagles game. Mike Trout, fly, Eagles, fly. Oh, my God. Philadelphia's, that's their first thing. Now I want you to take into account, after listening to all of that, Manny Machado. Now, you're Manny Machado. Yes. Put yourself, think about if you were Manny Machado and you were a six-war third baseman shortstop. Well, I drove my my Lamborghini here Imagine yourself having athletic talent, okay? (laughs) Go back to your childhood when you thought you could be like a I have more player. athletic talent than you. I'm just going to make them put that out there right now. Now, first of all, that's ridiculous. Come on now. Really? Yes. At basketball, maybe. I can hit a baseball better than you. I know I can hit a baseball better than you. Basketball. Basketball. Swimming. Weight, weightlifting. Great. Okay. But the fun sports, I think I can throw a better spiral, and I think I can hit a ball farther than you. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. All right? I, I just think I can. Probably because those are the sports you do recreationally, and the sports I do recreationally are like 16-inch softball leagues. So we just have chosen different things in our old age. Okay. These are 40-year-old men arguing over their athletic prowess. We should stop. Nobody wants to hear this. <laughs> what they want to hear, though, is it, I want to get to this point. Okay. If you were a kid and you wanted to play baseball, what's the one team you would always want to play for? If you had your choice of any team, what would you want to play for? You. Well, you me personally? personally? Like growing up in Chicago? As a kid, yeah. Who would you well, want to play I'd, for? I'd, the White Sox. Okay. All right. So you would want to play for the White Sox. Sure. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, that okay. Manny Machado always wanted to be a Yankee. Okay. Always wanted to be a Yankee. The Yankees, though, are not going to offer as much money. Now, he might sit there and say, you know what? Money's money. I still want to be a Yankee. I've always wanted to be a Yankee. Okay. What the White Sox have done is the White Sox have even the playing field, even if that's the case. Because what the White Sox have done is they've gone and brought his brother-in-law onto the team. And there are some people who are like, oh, man, I would want to play with my brother-in-law. Let me tell you something. I'm close with my sister, and I like my brother-in-law a lot. Okay? If he <laughs> yeah. was on a baseball team, I'd be like, man, I want to play with Brendan. That'd be fun. We'd have sure. a great time together. Sure. You know, the family would hang out. The kids would all hang out with each other, the cousins and everything like that. I would want that. That would be a factor in my mind. Okay? Then they go on to get, like, his best buddy, John Jay. You know, there's a Players' Tribune. And those three guys wrote basically an article where it was like all their quotes and everything about like how they train together in Miami. Train together, and grew they're like up they're together. Best, yes, they grew I read up together that. and everything like that. I read that. So now, now he's got like one of his best buddies and his brother-in-law on the same team, and and that's going to creep into his brain. Well, now, so now wait, 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 hold okay, on. I want to get to the end of this. I want to get the end of this point. Okay, so he has all those factors, and I also want you to imagine this: not all of us come from a family situation. Everybody's families are different. That almost come from a family situation where you want to be around your family a lot, okay? But there are certain cultures, and I don't want to use a broad brush here, but I just want to say this. There are certain cultures that really value family, I think, stronger than, than other cultures do. Yes. The Latin culture really loves family. I'm Italian. I also have Irish and German in me, and I have those family members. And no offense to them, because they're great family members, but the Italians in my family are the closest. 
the cousins, the second cousins, the only time I will ever run into like a third cousin, okay, someplace, and we like can dr- jump into a two-hour conversation is the Italian side of the family. Okay. The Italian side of my family is the closest side. Italians are just the same way. So I put myself in Manny Machado's thing, and I think to myself, okay, I love, I love family. I want to play with friends. I want to do this. Even if I love, even if that was the White Sox on the other side, even my favorite team were the Yankees. It's going to come down to now at this point. Why would I take less money and give up this opportunity? What the White Sox have done is brilliant. They have basically waited, even if the Yankees are his favorite team and he always wanted to play for them. Wouldn't you love to do this too? Now you had spo- now let's just get down to the money and we can outbid the Yankees. Now and I think it's brilliant. You had also brought this up earlier on a podcast. Meanwhile, maybe a month. Or, meanwhile, know, the Phillies well, don't have either of that, so they're out. Right. So you had brought this up on a podcast a couple of months ago. It seems like what the White Sox are tr- are trying to do with the Machado thing, they're trying to build a, a, a culture around it. And and I mean, if you look at it already, you have you have a Spanish speaking manager. You've got a heavy, uh, you've got a heavy amount of players uh, from Cuba, right? So a lot of Spanish speaking there. Um, you've already mentioned them bringing in uh, John Jay, the friend, and and the bro- you know the Alonzo, the brother-in-law. Um, so and not only that, I mean, historically speaking, the White Sox have a heavy Latino Spanish speaking fan base. And and the reason why it was funny, I was actually talking to an old guard White Sox fan. I mean, you've got dudes that are like twenty years older than me. You know, back before cable and sports vision and all that, the White Sox used to be on TV on uh, whatever the Spanish Univision. Univision, yeah. yeah. So and and which is another reason. So you know, I get what you're saying, and and I think that again, I, I, I think it's brilliant, and and I think that I mean, you're right. If you're Machado. We said it a long time back. Right. The Sox are taking the approach of there are these two marquee free agents and we're going to approach it like an NBA team would. They're using a little bit of the NBA because of Jerry Ryan. The Miami Heat model. Yeah, They're doing that and they're like, let's build something that he wants that's attracted them. And what is the cost, really? You go and you get Yonder Alonso, who you're really into for this year only, unless you give him more than 550 plate appearances when he vests. And if it doesn't work out, you just rest the guy two days a week because he's a first baseman slash DH. So you can easily rest him a couple days a week with Abreu out there on the field, and it doesn't hurt you when he's gone in a year. And he can help your team out a little bit. He's a nice little, he's a nice player, and he's a good oh, trade a good piece, piece halfway through the year. It's a good piece. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So he's a nice piece, but you're not really into him for anything. And Jay's a one-year deal, and already has a better on-base percentage than than like Adam Ingle, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> right. And so I mean, and, and, and that's what's going to be. We found a player we want, and we're doing everything we can to get him. How can you be mad about that? No, we're not. And we say the same thing every year. Like, why aren't we? Why aren't we spending like a big market team? Why aren't we acting like a big market team? Why are we trying to do bargain basement shopping? Why are we always trying to fill round pegs with square holes? Why are we always? Why are we always getting guys that are five years past their prime? I get it. We've right. heard it before. Right. And and I I said it on a podcast a few months ago. I'm like, look open letter to Rick Hahn, show the fan base you are serious. Show the fan base that you want this team to win. Show the fan base, you know, show us something. And he's been doing it. Like, the way that he's been handling this has been great, I think. Manny Machado signs with the White Sox before Sox Fest. 
True or false? But I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna try their hardest. I think they because they want to. They because they want. They want to unveil his jersey gonna, at Sox. I'm gonna Fest. put my neck out a little bit on this one. I'm gonna tell you right now. Manny Machado will not only be signed by the White Sox before Sox Fest, but he'll be at Sox Fest. I'm expecting to see Manny Machado. I, this is what I'm expecting. I'm expecting to see Manny Machado in a forum where they have John Jay, Yonder Alonso, and Manny Machado sitting up there laughing their butts off. Okay, at Sox Fest. It's my dream. It's what I expect. Oh my god! And Just I think it's so- happening. So long, so long as they're not doing the not four, not five, not six, you know, that whole thing. So long as that doesn't happen, I'm good with it. Joining us on the phone line right now on Socks in the Basement, Brad Biley is on the line. Now, if you're on White Sox Twitter, you might have seen at some point on your Twitter feed around Christmas a video in which Brad surprised his father, Mark, with White Sox tickets and airplane tickets for him to go see his first White Sox game ever. Brad, how are you? Doing great. Really appreciate you having me on the show today. I appreciate you coming on. Now, explain this to me. First of all, how old is your dad, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, My dad will be 60 years old uh, in October of this year, so he's 59 right now. So how does he never see a White Sox game up until now? Like, how did he become a fan without, like, you know, we're not like the Yankees. Like people will just, just like grow up someplace and never go see a game and just become Sox fans. Like we're almost dragged the White Sox games by our parents and made to watch them and told this is your team, son. And and, and so I'm I'm in shock that he hadn't seen one uh, yet. So it's it's actually funny you say that because in in the initial tweet I had said that my dad's been a fan for 59 years because that's how long he's been alive. But uh, he he's recently corrected me on that. So when he was about 10 years old. Um, him and his brothers basically picked a team and, and growing up in uh, just outside of Buffalo, New York, the closest team was either Toronto or, you know, you got Cleveland, you got Pittsburgh. So my dad picked the White Sox. Um, don't really know why, but I do know that since that day, he has been a diehard Sox fan um, and continues to be to this day. So growing up in Buffalo, New York, he doesn't pick a team that's closer geographically just out of the like was it just have you ever asked him like what the reason was is it like the uniforms was there a player was he a big like you know Louis Aparicio fan like what what could it have been do you you know yeah I I assume it's got to come back to players of the time uh going back to who he watched growing up um but I will tell you that from you know the day I was born I'm I'm 28 now we've just been a White Sox house um so it's it's never been a close second there's no close teams uh, just because we're in the, the Upper East Coast here. It's it's always been a Chicago White Sox house. That's really awesome. I'm hoping that you get to see Manny Machado in a White Sox uniform. I'm still holding out hope great. that that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> be great. Do, do you know when you're going to end up going? Like, do you have like, do you already know the date of the tickets or did you just get like vouchers or how did you, how did you give this to them here uh, for Christmas? Yeah. So what ended up happening, um, just, just to kind of take it all the way back to the beginning here is, um, for a wedding gift, I got married last October and my wife got me, um, tickets to the, the Notre Dame, Florida state game in South Bend. So we're driving out and we're about to leave. And, uh, unfortunately I had an uncle pass away and in true Rudy fashion, we, uh, we went to my uncle's wake. My aunt pulled us both aside and, you know, basically said, you gotta just live life and, and, and make every minute count. So the whole way to South Bend, Rachel and I talked about getting my dad these tickets and figuring this out because um, it, it, it hit us both in, in, a, in, a, in a tough way with, uh, with my Uncle Bob here. So what ended up happening is the whole way there, the whole way back, that's all we talked about. 
got back to Buffalo and ended up buying a couple plane tickets uh, from Southwest. And that's what we have right now. So when he opened that box on, on Christmas Eve, we didn't actually have tickets at the time. We knew we were going to be there the last weekend in July. Uh, we're going to go see the Twins game, but individual seats weren't on sale at the time. So we just had plane tickets to, to Chicago. Last weekend of July, Twins. That's a pretty good one yeah. to go bring him to. Because I, I, I don't know if you get it out in Buffalo, but we don't like the Twins here on the south side of Chicago. We're not big, <laughs> we're not big fans of the Twins. So you're going to – that's a fun game to go and see. It's going to be a fun weekend to go see. Hopefully they're still doing stuff. You're gonna, you'll have Eloy there by that point. You're going you're gonna to have a good weekend, I would think, when you get to go. You know, what's, what's crazy about the outreach on Twitter is I mentioned that we were going to the game on Saturday in, in one comment to somebody – and the replies after that, I've had probably five people reach out offering me season tickets for the game on Friday. That if my dad and I wanted to go, they got two extra tickets or they're willing to not go to that Friday night game if him and I want to go to an extra one. If for some reason one of the members of Sox in the Basement is out there on that Saturday night, we will find you on Twitter because beers are on us, okay? Uh, I, 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 don't know what, I don't know what games are going to be at, but honestly, I, I, I kind of – I, you deserve one for doing it for your dad. Your dad deserves one for being a White Sox fan, sight unseen of the team for 59 years. That's pretty crazy. So, I mean, I mean, this I, guy, I, this guy, I mean, there should be a party for him when he shows up, I think. Uh, back when the Sox won the World Series, they actually won it on his birthday. October 26th. Greatest day That's ever. It. Well, Brad, I know you have it uh, pinned on your Twitter feed, and uh, we've retweeted it already before, but if anybody wants to go see it, it's at Brad Bailey. Basically, it's Brad Bailey, but switch the I and the A in his last name, <laughs> and it's Brad Bailey. And uh, go on there, and you can see it because he pinned it right up at the top of his Twitter. So if you've never seen the video of him giving his dad these tickets and telling him, we're taking you to your first White Sox game ever, it- it's something worth seeing. It was fun to watch, and and right away I was like, we we got to have him on the show. I, we, we definitely have to have him. So, so you know what? First of all, you're a good son. And uh, secondly, I hope that they give him a winner because this guy deserves it. I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost penciling in the White Sox for a win on that date. Yeah, me too. I, I hope so as well. But it's, it's certainly going to be a great trip. We're looking forward to everything that uh, Chicago has to offer, especially the game. All right, White Sox have made some moves. And one of the moves that they made this week as well was Kelvin Herrera, which is a great signing. There, it is very hard for you to be upset about the Kelvin Herrera signing. You could sit there and say, oh, he was injured. Oh, he had a bad second half with the Nationals. He had a bad second half because he was injured. Right. And here's a guy who habitually has a low whip. Here's a guy that, before he got traded to the Nationals, was, White a, Sox killer. was a 0.818 whip last year. And the year before that in a full season was a 1.19. Here's a guy who can save games and can set up. Here's a guy who used to kill the White Sox and a guy who's motivated and is only going to be in his year 29 season and you've signed him for two years. And you add him to Alex Colome and you've now taken care of the eighth and ninth inning either way that you shuffle them. Han came right out and said it. He When he talked to the Sun-Times a couple of months ago, we have to fix the bullpen. He knows there was at least a dozen probably more, maybe as much up to 20 games that were easily winnable games for the White Sox if they had had a halfway decent bullpen. And I think that you're not going to build a winning attitude on the South side with these young players if games that they're trying hard to win are slipping away. 
Yes. So you you have to give these guys a chance to succeed, and I think that the White Sox are at least going to do that this year. I I, I love the moves. I love the fact that now you can turn around and you can put Jace Fry in the seventh inning, let's say. Yes. And you can have Nate Jones also coming out of there, even though I've never been a big fan of what he's done because he's so fragile and he's up and down really with when he's successful and when he isn't successful. But I don't you don't need but I'm okay with but now Nate. you're not relying I'm okay on with Nate Jones. You're not relying where on you're like sixth or seventh inning, in comes Nate Jones. I'm like, cool, that's awesome. See what I'm saying? Yeah. You take the pressure of the eighth and ninth inning off of Nate Jones, or and now all of a sudden he becomes a guy you can bring in for one player, or you can bring him in a certain situation. You don't have to burn him out lefty, or anything like lefty, that. Lefty righty matchups. Right. And and don't worry about the Mike Mustakis. Oh, yeah, that that's that that's talk, that talk has that's come bull. up again. That's yeah, bull. that talk has that, been all that is all that is is Mike Mustakis' agent calling around and telling people, well, you know, whoever loses out on Machado is looking for a third baseman, so they're going to be going after my guy. Right. That's all that is. If they weren't interested last year or not interested this year at what Mike Moustakas is asking for, they're not going to do it. No. So don't get all panicky or anything like that, and don't worry about it, because we're signing Manny Machado this week. That is, that is. We're signing him this week. That is By the time you hear us next week, Manny Machado, I'm telling you. Careful, we all know how your predictions are going lately. We're going to celebrate Manny Machado being with the White Sox at Open Outcry Brewery on the 16th. He'll be on the he'll be on the White Sox by the 16th. Careful making predictions. <laughs> what predictions have I been wrong on? Well, you know, I, I wasn't going to say anything. Because I said that the Bears are going to do well? Yeah. Well. This is a Sox podcast. We're not talking about it. Uh, why not? Come because on, we're dude. not. It's a White Sox podcast. I'm still angry. My wife, my wife told the kids after the game was over, leave your father alone. And I just went down to the bar and sat in sadness. So I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I want, I want to talk about it. Another show is wrapped up. Another show's in the books. Another show is wrapped up. And then by the looks, it's going to be a good one. And we'll see you next week. And the nude is Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Slancha. That was like Dropkick Murphys or something, right? I felt like it. Socks in the Basement. <laughs> Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.